I was thankful for God moving on Wednesday night. And every day as I prayed, uh, not only before Wednesday, but after Wednesday, there's been one word that has come to my mind and come to my spirit and come to my heart, and that is unexpected. I forgot, Miss Trish, if you are uh, needing the nursery uh, or the any other classes, you can be dismissed um, to those classes now. And some parents said amen. amen. Some are rejoicing. They are all having fun. I don't know what my wife was doing back in kids' church today. They have all kinds of games set up for the kids. And, and I thought, that looks, they had putt-putt back there. And I thought, listen, I'm a bad golfer on the course. Amen. I'm a bad golfer at the simulator. simulator. Amen. And I didn't need you. Listen, why you amen in that? Uh, I... I'm probably a bad golfer in the putt-putt back there, but I, I might just practice this week by myself back there. But they're having a great time. And I'm listen, I'm so thankful for those that help in ministry as far as kids' ministry, nursery ministry, uh, any ministry. I'm so thankful that God has plugged you in here to be a part of what He's doing in this house. Amen? It's a, it's a labor of love. How many know sometimes you don't want to deal with your kids? Amen. Yeah, they ain't coming smiling all the time. But as I was saying, so the word that continued to come to me as I was praying, as I was preparing, was unexpected. Somebody say unexpected. Unexpected. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you've not been so lucky like me. But uh, I get every once in a while some things in the mail that are unexpected. And I don't mean pleasant unexpected. Anybody ever had one of those before? You're like, oh, what is, how do I owe them that much money? Hey, yeah, I don't remember going there. And then you look and you find out it was you. I called the other day to a, to a doctor, Bill, and, and I said, hey, I just, I don't remember seeing this bill. I said, I'm sure it's for my wife or whatever. I said, but I don't remember ever seeing this. And they said, no, Mr. Bratcher, that was you in August. I was like, oh, that's mine. Okay. I still didn't remember going, but I'm like, I'm sure they charged me because I walked in the building. But, but this morning, I believe with everything in me that something unexpected is about to happen and bring something good in your life. I'm not talking about going to the mailbox and getting the bill. I'm talking about going to the mailbox and getting the thing that you don't expect. And you're like, oh, man, that's a miracle. I'm, I'm talking about the unexpected things in our lives. And to truly understand the unexpected, I I took a few minutes and began to look in scripture. And there's a number of areas that were unexpected. And so I thought to myself, well, I don't think they want to hear over 70 areas that were unexpected. How many how many say amen? Okay, good, because I could have done 70 if you wanted. I mean, 70 points or four. You're called this morning. Amen. But I narrowed them down to the four that I believe God wanted us to talk about today. Now, some people in the, in the house, already they're comfortable. They're, they don't need anything. They don't have any needs. Everything's good. Everything's pleasant. Everything's lovely. There's no tests, no trials, no trauma, no drama. Everything's fine. But there are some folks in the house today that are facing some battles. 
that are facing some situations, that are facing some areas that if it's either a miracle happens or nothing, it doesn't look like there's anything possible, that there's no way out, and the expectations are that there is a period at the end of the sentence that's in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, unexpected. 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 Now, Dylan was going to do something today, and I'm glad he didn't put it up. He changed the behind me, the, 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 the thing behind. He had a pregnant lady, and the title was unexpected. I'm like, Dylan, that's not what we're talking about today. Oh, I love him to death sometimes. Yeah, you heard me. I said sometimes. Amen. We're going to talk about four things this morning, four areas of unexpected, four areas. In John chapter 11, verse 39, it says this, it says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone, Martha, who was Lazarus' sister, and and said to Jesus, and uh, she said to Jesus, Lord, by this time, he stinks. He's been dead four days. Now, listen, you don't have to have a good sense of smell to know that four days later, somebody stinks. Amen. Look at your neighbor and go, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Just kidding. Don't do that. And I'm not going to go through every story this morning, but I am going to just glance over a few areas for a second to help get the point. You see, Jesus had heard of his friend Lazarus, a man that he loved dearly, a man that he hung out with, he, he spent time with. He heard about him being sick. And instead of going where Lazarus was and healing him, Jesus stayed where he was at. And Lazarus died. Four days later, somebody say four days later. Four days later, Jesus shows up on the scene. Four days later, the the, the sisters are going, Jesus, if you would have shown up, he would have lived. Jesus, if you would have been here, he would have lived, but he's dead now. How many know that God is an on-time God? It's easy to say he's an on-time God when it's not your need that he's not showed up on time for. But the key is, it's not our time, it's his time. You see, Jesus had already healed the sick. He had already done the miracle of healing the sick. But in this situation, he used unexpected timing. Somebody say unexpected timing. He used unexpected timing to demonstrate that he's not just a healer, but that he is life and resurrection. You might be sitting today saying, well, it's past time. God's not shown up. It's too late. He's not going to be here. But I believe this morning that that for someone in the house, there is some unexpected timing that God is about to move in. And he's not moving in just so he can do a work in your situation. But he's moving in so he can get the most glory out of your situation and reveal something different to you than he's ever been before. It was unexpected to Mary and Martha and those around him. But it was planned by God. 
Did you hear me? I said it was unexpected timing. But it was planned on time by God. I don't know this morning who may have put the period at the end of the sentences in your life. But I have come to tell you that it was not God. I said it wasn't God. Because just because he's not moved in the situation yet doesn't mean the timing of God moving hasn't come to fruition in a moment. All right. That's one. Say unexpected timing. We go to another story. In John chapter 6, verses 16 through 22, the disciples decide that they're going to go to Capernaum. They're going to get in a boat to go there. How many like boats? I just want to get a pole. Come on, how many like boats? Amen. How many don't like boats? Raise your hand. Okay, amen. All right. How many don't care about boats? All right, God bless you too. That's fine. I'm just curious. Wondering if we need a SS Abounding Grace. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not talking about like the Gilligan's Island. I'm about to date myself a minute. Some of you are like, how many remember Gilligan's Island just to help me feel good? Amen. All right, I'm in there. Chuck didn't raise his hand. Chuck didn't. Chuck's like, preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all right. The disciples get in a boat. They're headed to Capernaum. And there was a great wind that blew. And all of a sudden, the seas got extremely rough. The boat starts getting tossed to and fro. I'm going to ask you, has anybody ever been in a storm in your life? I'm not talking about one on the Weather Channel. I'm talking about the one that called life that we get into sometimes. The boat was being rocked by the storm. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the sea, is Jesus walking on the water coming toward them. Now, it's interesting the disciples are scared. And I'm not going to ask you if you'd be scared this morning if Jesus is walking on water towards you. But Jesus gets to the boat and he says this, which is so cool. Like, it's so Jesus, right? He's like, it is I. Like the disciples are going, uh-huh. We see. Are you good? He said, be not afraid. He's like, all right, come on in. Come on in the boat, Jesus. And they willingly receive him into the boat. And the Bible says immediately the ship was at the land where they were going. Immediately the ship was at the land where they were going. Now, hold on a second. Jesus didn't get on the boat right at the shore. Jesus got on the boat in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm. And then it says immediately... The ship was at land where they were going. The last place the disciples thought they were going to see Jesus was walking on the water in the middle of a storm. But unexpected to them, he was preparing to have an encounter with them that would change their situation. I I'm telling you this morning, God is about to show up into some unexpected places in your story and in your journey, and he's going to bring peace to the storm of the situation that's in your life. Where God has not been visible in what you're facing, he's about to show up. 
I, I, want, I want you to understand, Jesus didn't show up when the boat took off and the seas were calm. Jesus didn't show up at the end when everything was over. But Jesus showed up in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the worst part this morning. Hear me this morning. Jesus isn't going to just show up in your easy. Jesus is about to show up in your rough stuff. He didn't start on the boat, but he's here. He's here. Unexpected places. Unexpected places. Not only did the word say they were uh, they were the the that he would he said you know, calm down relax chill out, that's paraphrase. He he probably didn't say chill out. Maybe he did. But it says that they were immediately moved to the other side. They were immediately on the other side. Say so what does that mean for me? I believe with everything in me that God is going to supernaturally put you in places that you've expected to be in. Hear me. They expected to go to Capernaum. The disciples were on the boat because that's where they were going. They expected to get there, but they got there in an unexpected amount of time. What God is getting ready to do is accelerate or shorten the time in your situation so you can see the end of what he's trying to do in your life. He's going to accelerate. Somebody say accelerate. Accelerate because he's meeting you in an unexpected place for you. Unexpected. Somebody say unexpected. We're moving right along this morning. Unexpected timing. Unexpected places. And let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 talks about a woman that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the other Cs, they caught a woman in the act of adultery. The Bible says caught her in the act. And they brought this woman to Jesus. Now, I don't know what happened to the man But let's just have a real conversation. Two wrongs receive two reprimands. Not one gets a reprimand. But we're going we're gonna to go on for a second because you didn't, you didn't like that too much. But they, they bring this woman caught in the act of adultery to Jesus. And this is what's so hilarious. Is the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people. Somebody say religious people. I got news. I don't like religion, just in case anybody cares. I don't like religion. I like relationship. I love Jesus. Religion sometimes messes stuff up. But here's what happens. The religious people, they look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, the law of Moses says she should be stoned. Now, just a second. The religious people are telling the word. Jesus is the word. They're telling Jesus what the word says. I love that Jesus wasn't sarcastic like me because if it would have I'd be like, yeah, and I know this. He didn't do that. They said, she should be stoned, Jesus, but what do you say? See, they were trying to trap him. But Jesus, 
unexpectedly doesn't speak. But he stoops down on the ground and he begins to write on the ground with his finger in the dirt. I don't know about you, but I'm awful glad that Jesus stooped down in my life too. And they keep pressing Jesus. And finally he stands up. And in an answer to their question, he says this. He that, was, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And one by one, the rocks began to drop. Until there was no one else left standing other than the woman and Jesus. This morning, I'm going to share this with you real quick. And, And this isn't in my notes. This is totally free. If you as a believer are carrying rocks to throw at people that may not be as saved as you or as fixed as you. You better start dropping some rocks and finding an altar, all right? That's all I'm going to say real quick. That's totally free. Because you ain't perfect, and neither am I. If you're perfect and you showed up today, you've done messed this house up. We're a bunch of imperfect people serving a perfect God. Drop your rock if you're carrying them with you. It's amazing how much lighter you'll feel. I'm going to say this. This is for you also. This morning, hear this. You wonder why you're not receiving from God. Many times you can't receive with a closed fist. you got a rock in your hand. If you would let it go, maybe God could do something in your life. I'm... Here we have Jesus. And the woman that's caught in adultery, standing there. She knew she deserved to be stoned. I don't believe it was new to her that what she was doing was wrong. And she knew, yeah, they may all left, but Jesus is about to probably just zap me and kill me or something. The outcome she expected was changed to something that she could never have imagined. Because not only did Jesus not have them stone her, he didn't stone her, but Jesus looked at her and said, where are your accusers? They're not here. He said, go and sin no more. He didn't give her A marital class. He didn't tell her how wrong she was. He didn't preach at her. He just said, where are your accusers? Oh, they ain't here. Now go and sin no more. We make it awful complicated and think people have to have to be guilted into feeling wrong. Can I tell you, that woman knew she was wrong, and when we fail, when we mess up, when we sin, we know we're wrong. We don't need somebody to preach a message at us and tell us. Sometimes we just need to hear Jesus say, listen, go and sin no more. Many around our lives are expecting a certain outcome. 
Many are expecting something that, that they understand is supposed to happen. Just like everybody, when the woman was caught in adultery, they knew what was about to happen. Can I tell you, she wasn't the first woman that had been stoned for adultery. Everybody knew what was about to happen. But I believe this morning, in your situation, that there's about to be an unexpected outcome in the lives of the people that are hearing this message today. Whether you're in this building or watching online, God is about ready to change the outcome of the situation into something it is totally totally unexpected. Some are expecting a particular outcome because you know the things that you've done. But there is unexpected grace and mercy regardless of the thing that you faced. Anybody thankful for grace and mercy today? I... Last night, I, I had the, the joy of watching some football. And I didn't care really who won because my team's out, like always. But the Jag, uh, Jaguars were playing the, the Chargers. And the first half started, and the Jaguars quarterback who I'm a little jealous of, not because he looks great, because he's got really great hair. And, man, I mean, really, really good hair. And, in fact, like my, my little grand, granddaughter, Ellie, um, she, she's got a, a full head of dark hair. She comes in my office, and she's like, nan, nan, nan. I mean, she's only not even a month old bragging about her hair. Anyway. So I... I start watching this game, and in the first half, the, the quarterback for the Jags, he throws four interceptions. That's like the most in a half of football. Four interceptions. They're down in the first half. The Jaguars are down 27 to nothing. And it looked ugly. Like the announcers were getting bored. Tony Dungy, man of God, he was like, I don't know, I don't know about this. And right at the end of the half, they score a touchdown to keep me from going to bed. <laughs> it's 27 to 7. And I told my wife, I said, she went to bed, I said, listen, I'm going to watch this first drive, and when they don't do anything, I'm coming to bed. She said, okay. She don't know anything about football. She goes, I'll see you soon. <laughs> she don't know nothing about football. <laughs> Lo and behold, they, they go down the field, and Trevor throws a touchdown pass, 27 to 14. Score again. Score again. And hear me, down 27 to nothing, the Jaguars come back, kick a field goal at the end of the game, win the game by one score, one point. I stayed up. Watch the game. The announcer in the first half said, well, we're definitely not going to overtime. He said, we definitely don't have to worry about that. And they're already predicting that the, that the Chargers are going to the next round of the playoffs. But what happened was a great comeback and an upset. 
And what I'm going to tell you today is this. You may be expecting to lose, but there is an unexpected outcome that is coming into your situation. And there's about to be an upset led by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your life. Unexpected timing, unexpected places, unexpected outcomes. How many points did I have this morning? That's right, this is number four. See, I thought you already hit the fourth. No, not yet. This is the fourth point. Fourth point. In John chapter 18 and 19, You'll read a description, and other Gospels have it as well. But you'll read the description of how hell did its worst to heaven's best. In that Jesus was beaten, he was bruised, he was reviled, he was spit upon, he was mocked, he was rebuked, and it culminated in the public crucifixion of Jesus. The day that Jesus died, the enemy was certain it was over. Hell rejoiced because the Messiah, uh, a heaven's best chance of redemption, had been taken out. He had been placed in a tomb. It was over. It was dead. He was done. This morning, I... I'm here to share with you that the enemy may think that he's taken you out. You may be present in the building, but you're just attending. You may be here, but you're going through the motions. He's killed your hope. He's killed your dreams. He's destroyed your health. He's racked your family. He has left you spiritually dead, and you are just here. And just as he celebrated over the death of Jesus, anytime you begin to think that maybe God could, you can hear the laughs of the enemy of what used to be, of the hopes you used to have, at the dreams you used to dream, at the family that you desire, that he says will never happen. At the addict that you thought maybe God could do something with, but you've given up hope on. You've gone past the point, and the devil is laughing and mocking you today. The problem is, That on the third day from when Jesus was buried, something very unexpected happened. You see, because on the third day, the bound Jesus, or the, the Jesus that was in the borrowed tomb, where the dead body laid, the heart began to beat again. Blood began to flow again. 
air began to fill the lungs of this man named Jesus that was once dead, now was alive. The best attempt at hell was overcome when Jesus got up out of the grave. How could it be that death couldn't keep him and the grave couldn't hold him? Unexpectedly to everybody else around, including the enemy, was that Jesus got up. I said he got up. Now hear me. Satan didn't expect Jesus to get up from the grave. Yes, he talked about it. Yes, he said things about it. But he didn't expect him to get up. And I've got news for you. He's dumb enough not to think Jesus would. And he's dumb enough not to think you will. But friend, it's time that we say enough is enough. I am ready for the unexpected power of God to move in my life. My dreams are not dead. My hope is not over. My life is not done. My health is not over. My family will be saved now Paul wrote in Romans because some of us say well that's great but that was Jesus I mean he was pretty pretty important and you know that's Jesus that's not me but Paul wrote this in Romans and I'm thankful for it because he says if Somebody say if. That means this isn't for everybody. If the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead, that means if you are a believer in Jesus and a follower of Christ, if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. You say, well, pastor, that's talking about when we make it to heaven and after we die. I've got news for you. Jesus died and he rose again. I have news this morning that the same spirit that's on the inside of you says there's life. And where there's life, there can be no death. No death to your dreams. No death to your hope. No death to your health. No death to your family. No... Unexpected. Somebody say unexpected. If y'all come and help me, I'm going to close. You say, we, are you serious? Amen. Listen, here's what I've learned. There is no sense in me trying to lengthen a sermon so we can be here till a certain time. When God's done, we're done. But I've got news this morning. He's not done yet. Unexpected, somebody say unexpected. The God that is in you, the power of God that is in you, is about to unexpectedly shock the enemy in your life. It's not unexpected to God. Hear me this morning. I want to be very clear. It's not unexpected to God. He's been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for this time. So that he can be so he can receive the most glory. God could have 
allow Jesus to die on any day. He could have allowed him to die anyway. But he chose the cruelness of the cross and the timing of the same so that he could receive the most glory. It's time, and we're early enough in 2023, that we start expecting the unexpected. It's time that we start expecting the unexpected. You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that we serve a God that shows up in timing that's unexpected. We serve a God that shows up in places that is unexpected. We serve a God that brings outcomes that are unexpected. And we serve a God that shows the enemy that he's in control and will do the unexpected in your situation. You say, Pastor, it's too far gone. Pastor, it's too far over. There's too many things that have gone wrong. My body's this, my family's that, my friends are this, my finances are here. God is a God of the unexpected. It's not, it's not about everybody bragging about how great Lazarus was. It's not about everybody saying, man, these disciples are awesome. Look at what they did in that boat. They got a cross. It's not about the woman, the adulterous woman. Not about her going around saying, he didn't stone me. And it's not about the enemy who tried to kill Jesus. In fact, he did. But it's about a God that raised Lazarus from the dead. It's about a God who showed up in an unexpected place. It's about a God that changed the outcome from what everybody else thought. It's about a God that wrecked the enemy's plans. This morning, it's about him. I said it's about him. Your unexpected is about him. Stand all over the house if you're able. Unexpected timing, unexpected places, unexpected outcomes, and unexpected to the enemy. This morning in this place, I know this message wasn't for everybody. I get it, because some people are good, everything's fine. But there are some people in this building that need an unexpected miracle. Oh my God. I said that need an unexpected miracle. That need an unexpected moment. That need an unexpected outcome. This morning, the enemies laughed long enough. Isn't it time to get up? It's the third day. In this building, here's what I'd ask you to do. If you're in this house, and I, I promise you, so you're very clear, I will not come and embarrass you at all. I'm not going to do that. This is between you and God today. 
But if you're in this house this morning and you say, I'm ready to see an unexpected God move in my life, in the timing, in the place, in the outcome, if that's you, I want you just to slip up your hand, one hand, two hands, I don't care, and just begin to thank God for being an unexpected, on-time, on-spot, unexpected God. Come on, lift up your hands. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you glory this morning. We give you honor today. Because I believe you're the wonder-working God. Father, we thank you. The wonder-working God. They're going to sing, but as they're singing, I want you just to slip up your hands. I want you, if you're, if you're looking for an unexpected move in God, move of God in your life, I want you to not sing the words. I want you to have a conversation with God today. I believe with everything in me, there is an unexpected miracle that is getting ready to happen in this place this morning. You're not here by accident. It is not unexpected to God that you're in this place today. God is desiring to do something unexpected. Lift up your hands in this house. I believe the wonder-working God, the wonder-working God, all the miracles we'll see, you're too good to not believe, the wonder-working God, the wonder-working God, give you glory, all the miracles we'll see, you're too good to not believe. The wonder-working God, the wonder-working God, yes, you are. all the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe, the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love, all the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Cause I believe you're the wonder-working God. The wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen. You're too good to not believe. Hear me. Um, I'm not going to extend this out, but I do want to pray for somebody. I, I, I'm, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are looking for, and I don't know what you have need of. I've told you this is not for everybody. And some of you may say, well, it's not for me. I understand, but hear me for just a moment. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you're in this building and you know this message has connected with you you know this message is for you you're positive not maybe kind of it sort of fit but you're positive if you're positive this message was for you i'm going to ask you to do me a favor i'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at and i want to pray for you and as we pray i believe with everything in me that an unexpected God is going to move in your situation. You say, Pastor, what if nobody comes? I don't care if nobody comes, if everybody comes. 
I don't care. I'm telling you, this is between you and God today. But how desperate are you to see a move of God? How desperate are you to see an unexpected God show up in your situation? On the count of three, if you're ready to come and it's you, come. One, two, three. The wonder-working God, all the miracles I've seen, you're too good tonight. 